Hey everybody, it's Josh Floyd. Thank you for tuning in today. We are the Awesome Real Estate Show podcast. House, 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 they start to sing it now. Yeah, it's like a thing in if our house. If you say house, it's like house, house. And I'm like, come on, guys. Come it's, on. It's, it's literally our theme song. It's ridiculous, but it's so catchy. Oh anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Again, this is the Awesome Real Estate Show podcast. My name is Joshua Floyd. I am a realtor with Colwell Banker Ingle Safari Realty here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, part of what I'd like to do is use my platform uh, to basically boost other businesses and kind of show other people, you know, uh, I want to tell other people's story essentially and kind of get that out there. Talk to my friends, you know, I bring friends on here and uh, we talk about real estate. We try to make it easy for people. Um, and so with no further ado, I actually have three guests with me today. So this is the first time this has happened. I've had two and we're going to see how this works. I think it's going to be awesome because we have two married couples. So <laughs> starting with, I have to go with, you know, my personal favorite person in the entire world uh, is Justin Martindale is here today. <laughs> I was like egging him on, like, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> personal inspiration. Knocked it out of the park, buddy. <laughs> Love it. Justin Martindale is here along with his wife, Emily. Justin is a local musician. Uh, he's very, very talented. Um, one of my favorite local musicians, actually. And I'm not just saying that. His voice, to me, is kind of Tom Petty-ish. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you've heard that before. You probably have. Heard but of Tom Petty? No. It's uh, it's so similar, dude. No, you've heard of Tom. Petty. <laughs> so there's this guy named Tom Petty. Okay. I don't. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, start right. there. No. <laughs> um, but no, your you music is kind of similar. No. The Beatles. Yeah. yeah. You've heard of them? Okay. The B apples, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Oh, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. <laughs> Must be German. This has gone down the weirdest rabbit hole. Um, he, he, Justin's here with his wife, very accomplished photographer. Uh, she shot our wedding, so I can personally vouch for her <laughs> skills. She got the photo skills that pay the photo bills. That's she, right. she shot me and Josh's wedding. She, <laughs> It was beautiful. It was. And it was really tasteful. Oh, and Justin, was nice. Justin played the music for our wedding. Oh, that's, that's yeah, right. dude. Yeah. Not as good. Wasn't memorable. No. <laughs> In all fairness, I did cut him off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> as I decided to run that's down the so aisle. Funny. Yeah. Okay. I was that's very true. eager. I, got to, I had to lock that down. Yeah, you're not supposed to sprint, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that supposed to happen? Sometimes, know. I mean. I've only, only been to so many. So, without further ado, uh, my wife is also here. I decided, you know, this morning actually to have her on. I was like, hey, I'd, I'd like you to come and join us. And she uh, graciously accepted my invitation. She is the love of my life, my best friend, and uh, just graduated college, but is also pursuing a career in, as a mortgage lender. So, uh, thank you guys all for being on the show today. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Hey, Josh. Super long intro, and I yeah, apologize nice. for that. That's what happens when you have three people. That's what happens when you give me a microphone anytime. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a reason to Josh is uh, turning into his more. dad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I don't put my foot in my mouth nearly as much. <laughs> and Steve, we are so We sorry. love him. Yeah, no, he's awesome. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you guys for being here. So... Um, probably individually would be best to go ahead and maybe get you to explain in your own words kind of what you do uh, 
Um, starting with, obviously, my favorite person in the world, the person to my right, Justin Martindale. Um, it took you a second to say right, buddy. <laughs> you good? And you're like, the person to Let's my... In, he, put, he put his hands this out. This one makes Which an one? L. That one makes an L. Got yeah. it right. Hey. <laughs> so that's how I remember it. That's not how you remember it? Yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when I'm driving, I got both hands out, nothing yeah. on the wheel. So, dude, you do music, but you also do a podcast, too. We were yeah, talking about Yeah, I work that. at a church uh, part-time, work at Sale Street Baptist Church, and yeah. I produce a couple of podcasts there for them, uh, and also do a lot of worship production and stuff like that, and make, make music for the church and things like that. But also, uh, like you said, I'm a local musician. I have a band called Justin Martindale and the Backstabbers, and uh, we play around town and all that kind of good stuff. And lately, though, the main project has been this covers project that I've been working on where right. like, kind of once a month I do, it's essentially a four-hour cover in that I try to cover a hit song and I try to do it in as little time as possible. Okay. Which is the part that most people don't know when they hear the covers that go up on YouTube. That's how I'm putting them out right now. Yeah. Because it's the easiest legal way to put it out, you know, or I'm not going to get in any copyright trouble. Okay. But I try to do these covers in as short amount of time as possible, as few takes, and as little... So as you, soon as you decide on what it is, immediately, immediately get started. Yeah. And, okay. and Emily got to sit in on one of the sessions for the, the one that's coming out today... Yeah, which is going to be after this podcast comes out. But nice. You, you'll be able to go back and listen to it. They, uh, they actually had an online vote, and people voted on this cover for a Bruce Springsteen song called "Dancing in the Dark." Sweet. I paid hit. everyone to make that vote because I've been you asking that one? for him to do that cover for ages. So. Nice. And then I, yeah, yeah I, did, I, I voted. I did it in like four hours. Wow. Which, so it's so we'll see if it's any good. But. Do you record yourself doing like obviously you're recording the audio, but like do, are you using it to record some video and like maybe a process shots or something like that? I think that would be really cool. I would watch that. I think well, it'd be awesome. Well, no, but and it would add to the. It's a great uh, idea. It would add to the excitement of the as quick as <laughs> sure. possible yeah, type yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, just an idea. I don't Absolutely. Know. If you need help shooting it, man, I love sh I love shooting and editing video. That's we part probably of what don't I... need to iron that out on the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> no, let's make a decision. Okay, right, right now, right now, <laughs> legally binding <Awesome>. contract. <laughs> so, um, Emily, um, you know, you're obviously we talked about you being a photographer, and um, what are you excited about? Like, what got you into photography? Oh, well, that's kind of a uh, loaded question. Yeah, I've been. I guess whenever I was 13, my dad gave me his old, like, fully manual film camera, mm -hmm. and I just never put it down. So, long, like, the lengthy story, it starts there. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a senior in high school, I had my first paying shoot, and I did it on film. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, it was really cool, but it was before, like, the whole hipster movement. So right. So, really, I kind of started that, You basically, I think. yeah, yeah trendsetter. Sure. No, yeah, yeah, no biggie. <laughs> Emily started um, photography in those Southwest Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Um, so, it's kind of been a lengthy, long process to get to where I'm at now. Um, at this point, you know, I'm shooting digital yeah, um, but yeah. I still kind of look lovingly at my film camera collection and for sure. Did wish, you process yourself or um, not starting out? Mm -hmm. um, whenever I started at McNeese, I was originally an art major, but yeah. enough people told me I was never going to be a good high school art teacher. Oh no! <laughs> and I believe I think them. you would have been an awesome. <laughs> like literally, I, that'd be an awesome I, job. I don't know. I just I 
enough people told me that where okay. it was like, I, I think it's, I'm just going to switch to photography. Okay. I'll see what they know and we'll yeah. go with that. Um, I could only handle about two semesters and three weeks into my third semester when I decided I couldn't handle it. Yeah. But in that time, uh, I actually had my own dark room. So mm-hmm. I didn't really see much, um, this is going to sound horrible, but from my personal experience, I didn't see much benefit um, going to class for it. Yeah, because you And doing all the critiques and things like that. Yeah. I, did, I did it uh, for myself. Um, and art is so subjective. Like, yeah, you know, any type of art have, form. Like, I could love, and this next person will pick it apart to death. Yes, you know what I mean? and that was such a condemning feeling, and that's honestly, I wasn't sure. going to bring it up, but that was like the major reason why I just decided I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's understandable. I knew that I still wanted to somewhat pursue photography, but I just thought that it was going to kind of be under the radar. Right. Uh, so I ended up switching to um, sociology mm-hmm. and graduated in that and <laughs> didn't really realize you kind of had to go back and get your master's to do anything with that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of, you know, in the stars for that to not work out, though, because just all through college I was doing shoots for people um, still didn't really think that that was going to be what I was going to spend my life doing but after so graduating, you, it was more of a hobby at that time you were it, kinda, it was a hobby and it was or a passion I mean but, I lived at yeah. home so it's not like it was really paying a ton of bills it was yeah. it was helping pay my car note but um, it was and you're using that time so to sharpen your hobby. craft yeah, so whenever I was kind of doing, figuring all this out, YouTube tutorials, I'm kind of old, uh, YouTube <laughs> tutorials weren't really a thing, so I self-taught Photoshop, um, yeah. I figured out how to use my DSLR without having the ease of just going online and watching a five-minute video to figure out how to make my first $100 on a photo shoot. Right. Um, so it was, it's kind of a, you know, this really lengthy, in-depth process that I kind of went through to be where I am But totally, today. it's like more or less, I mean, it seems like you're kind of self-made, which is always inspirational to me. People yeah. It, take on something and decide that they're going to be amazing at it and, <laughs> and, you know, just pushing forward. I think it, that's awesome. It didn't start out that way, and yeah. certainly through the majority of my technically career I didn't even consider it really a career then mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until a few years ago that I really started to acknowledge this okay this is my path this is what I'm gonna do yeah. and um, I'm gonna be good at it because I I truly felt like there was no other option for me to pursue a career in any other field right so no, I feel you. I feel you. I, I've, I've been, uh, I have a degree in commercial art, and mm-hmm. so I kind of went down a, that similar road where it's, you know, you, I, I ultimately, you know, I was in, I, I was in commercial art, but I decided I don't like commercials, <laughs> and so I tried to find another art avenue where, uh, you know, you can make some money or whatever, and so mm-hmm. I got into tattoos, and that was, you know, super fun for a while. Um, but I think I kind of got to the end of that road and I decided to do something else and I'm super glad, man. Yeah. I love real estate. Like, that's just probably the best thing I've ever done. Um, and in relation to real estate, you do some kind of, you do 
real estate photography, right? I mean, yes. this is something yeah. that you're called upon to do. Yeah. Um, uh, what other what other kind of products do you have? I am mainly a wedding and portrait photographer. Real estate photography just kind of keeps me busy during yeah. the week. So Monday right. through Friday, I'm most likely photographing a house. Um, evenings and weekends are filled with portrait sessions, weddings, uh, all of that. Yeah. So. That's cool. That's cool. So what, I mean, like your, your, your real passion is with portraiture and with weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. I would say I see that a lot on Facebook, man. Your, your pictures are beautiful. They're dark. They're moody. Yeah. They have a, a a gravity to them that, you know, a lot of gravity is such a good word. I have goosebumps. Nice. Yeah. No, but it's, but they're moving images. Mm -hmm. It's not just, um, it's not just a picture. You know, it tells a story almost all its own. That means a lot to hear. Uh, I didn't always shoot like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the longest time, I felt like I needed to provide a service that was very tangible for a more broad collection of potential clients. Um, I wanted to have a very relatable brand. I wanted it... I think at the time, I didn't really... I think I was just trying to fit in with what everyone else around here was doing because sure. I felt like they're seeing success with their style of shooting. Right. This is what everyone's kind of doing for the most part. And this during and during that time, you're formulating this and you're trying to pay bills with this at the same yes. time. So you have to mm-hmm. go with what works. So you know, it makes sense. You're trying, that's understandable. Yeah, it makes sense to think this is kind of um, the majority of what people are or booking what they're right. looking for, right. but I got to where I was starting to get burned out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an artist at heart. I love to draw, paint, decorate, bake cakes, yeah. cook. Like in the kitchen, I'm like, I need yeah. to make this place. Just be food creative. Of I need one of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come cook for you. And y'all come over yes. anytime. That would be great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until about two years ago that I just got really burnt out I felt like it was almost as though picking up my camera was like just this heavy weight I didn't really feel like exactly and I felt like I was doing a disservice to not only myself but other people right I, I knew that I had more to offer and it just kind of came down to am I gonna take the risk because I knew I could shoot differently I needed I needed my pictures to uh, I needed them to look the way the moment felt Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't something that I that I was doing prior to that so I don't know I just really needed to feel something personal when I was doing work for people even if it was just like a headshot or you know not necessarily a wedding I, I needed I just needed it to move. It yeah. needed to have this like raw Say reality to like, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. have, tell a story basically. Yeah, and, yeah, that, no. and that was scary. And that's scary. what they do. That's what it, I love about it. So <laughs> thank that's you. awesome. You're, it was it's really scary because <laughs> uh, you know our our town is is getting better, but our our area in general is kind of behind on a lot of trends, especially in the wedding what? industry. Yeah, you I didn't d- know. 
What? Okay, I have to I have to say Hold on once. Louisiana <laughs> is the only state that you have to have a license to do flowers. Bro, Does I was this, reminded of that this morning. Why is there not actually? riots in the streets over this? This blows my mind. One of the freest states in the yeah. union and you have to have a license to arrange flowers? Yes, so that they can line if someone's pockets. If, if anyone no listening doubt. to this podcast is has any pull in the state government Let's just take it all down. I feel safer. First of all, and not to not to play the devil's ass, I personally feel safer, feel safer? with licensed florists licensed on florist. the streets. God, okay? Yeah. All right. Sorry. I can over. look at a bouquet well, and know that came from a clean and safe environment. Can I ask what it what exactly is a florist license? So it it basically Sorry, I don't mean to turn the subject to, to florist licensing. But it's though. it's actually it's fun to laugh it's, about, but it's really it quite draws sad. attention to a bigger it's a pain problem. To deal with. Yeah. You have to adhere to certain floral standards, right. but they're so behind. Um, bouquet style, even even your bridal bouquet style. Yeah. Like, it's it's really hard to find a florist who is able to kind of break away from the quote-unquote training that they had or the apprenticeship that they right. had to do. Because um, they the have to do it a state-mandated way, Yes, right? there's, a, like, there's a state mandate for you can bouquet your, style. But your you floral can, license. <laughs> I want and I don't know of a case a of anyone actually policeman. losing their floral license but no. so that was a like, fun you tangent saying, but you said floral happen. license and like my <laughs> brain time. cannot it, even it comprehend that being a thing that's a fun rabbit hole but yeah. it, it is a <laughs> crucial aspect license. that kind of like pulls in why we're behind on a lot of things right. when oh, it comes sure. to weddings which that's what i'm doing yeah yeah majority the majority of the time but i feel um, like like socially like people are getting more progressive yes people, it's a younger generation that's coming up and they're demanding kind of some and, change that and younger business owners you know there's a lot and of business and government photographers who mm-hmm. are younger than me who are just going right in they don't have the path that i had that i had to take yeah you know they're just coming right in and they've got these amazing um Views. They have yeah. uh, incredible style, and they they're just going right at it. Yep. So, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing how far behind we are. But I think I think we're on the up of that. I do too. I feel like it's turning for the better mm-hmm. across the country. You know, yeah. everything's going to Stan- start. Standards are, are starting to change for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, so, really well, social media really has changed. Yes. The, Instagram. Yeah. That, you know, doing it for the snap, as they, mm-hmm. as the kids say. Do they? Do they say that? I, I, I don't listen to kids. I may, I may, have, <laughs> I may have made that up. I'm far but, too busy. <laughs> but now, but now you got everyone sees your wedding now. Everyone sees yeah. your yeah. your flowers it's and your pictures. So much more so, visible. Yes. Yeah, so much more visible. So now people are actually spending more money on those things now than they for were sure. ten years ago. Yeah, you know? and they don't that's want insane. the same old, same old. Right. Because that's boring. Like yeah. They right. want something interesting. Well, people are are bucking tradition. Yeah. You know, they don't. There's a lot of things about the wedding industry that they're just kind of like, this is pointless. And I think that's a, a really neat testament sure. to the uh, our generation and the younger generation of just like. There's so many things that we're expected to do, but we don't really know why we have to do them. Right. Um, and so there's not a good reason necessarily. There's, there's it's really just not. It's always it's been that way. Like so like that's a, how we do it. Yeah, like kind of feels <laughs> like a waste of time. So it was really quite intimidating to, to. I mean, I actually made the conscious 
conscious decision to switch gears with my work. And yeah. you can actually see in my Instagram newsfeed, I kept all that up. Uh, yeah. You know, from prior years, you can you can see like an actual shift in my work where I was like, I, I need the moodiness. I need mm-hmm. dark. I needed, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm like dark and moody kind of a person, but my, my personality, I'm, I'm not like a, a bubbly person. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was a way I could really pull in emotion. Um, it was, it was a little scary to do yeah. that because you just don't know. I, I could switch gears and something that may work in Austin or Nashville or Colorado mm-hmm. may not work at all here and then next thing I know I'm right. having to find you know a, a standard sure. kind of job you know you have to know your audience a little bit and like I you didn't have I, to be unafraid to drive your audience a little bit when they yeah. need it you know yeah. when you know that there's something better you it's okay to show mm-hmm. it and to, you know, to deliver that. <laughs> my you know? clients have been wonderful. Um, a lot of my, my, uh, weddings that I get, they're just like, just do your thing. We're just like, whenever I'm given creative liberty, oh, that's in that great. It, it, it's such as a, a tattoo freedom. artist. My favorite clients were the ones that walked in and go, nah, I want something yeah, here cause and about this big. And yeah. I'm like, Oh dude, here we go. Get there's ready. Something. And those were the best ones, you know? Yeah. There's something about, someone giving you this insane level of trust yes. especially when they maybe don't know you but they've seen your work and right. it, when your work speaks for itself yep. they feel freedom to be able to trust yep. what you have to offer so it, it's been an interesting career I guess like 11 yeah. or so years but just within the last two has really felt like I'm I'm not necessarily content, but mm-hmm. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I love every ounce of it, yeah. except maybe the the business side. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's, it's just a necessary part of evil. it. Yeah, it, exactly. it, it really it. is. Yep. And you know, even even though I may not particularly like it, I still can find joy in it because it's basically sure. like the means to, you know, it, it's the behind the scenes stuff that allows me to be able to do this. Right. So. Absolutely. Um, I have kind of a question, and it's, I don't know, it's something I was thinking about while we were talking. You guys are married and have been married for... We have been married almost nine years. Nine, wow. nine years. What? Oh, did you hear it? Thank God. She's <laughs> silly. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible, I man. noticed you were looking at me for that question. And I knew exactly just... who was the answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No problem. Hey, Josh, how long have we been married? A year and a half-ish. Y'all are still yeah. new at it. Yeah, so. July seventh uh, of two thousand seventeen. Hey, after that oh. fifth year, or so you'll start like. Hey, we've been together Hi. five years though. We have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> we were together four years, four and a half years before we got married. Oh wow! So we so we're yes. like fifteen. Working on. We're like fifteen, 15 years, years in, together. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> You both, uh, you're super creative. Uh, have you both always been, you know, creative? And like, how has that been with the marriage? And does that make you guys easier to kind of connect? Is that, like, I don't know. I'm just That's curious about question. that dynamic, honestly. I th- I think it affords us a lot of opportunities to spend quality time together, even though it may be working. Yeah. Um, I know that's not something many people get. I know y'all are kind of in that together we're working into that whole arena yeah it's been like when i was in teaching it was 
two different worlds completely. Yeah. Especially because his job requires him to be on social media a lot and be er, social media a lot. Mm-hmm. But being a teacher, I was not on it at all. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. Probably better not to tell anybody yeah. what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's different. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's actually been nice to it's, be able, we can yeah. talk about stuff that has to do with the industry that we're in. It's nice. The modern um, workplace is in your cell phone, really. So you did an yes. office is unnecessary. So a lot right. of our work is from home. So it's uh, she and I sitting on uh, opposite ends of the bars w- with our laptop, yep. you know, on our yep. stools, just working. Sometimes and I love that. Like I think that. it's <laughs> awesome so far, you know. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> whenever we first got married, I, you know, I worked straight jobs for a while you mm-hmm. know i was a cable man for a long time that was one of my favorite oh, no kidding one of my favorite jobs I ever had was going in houses and and fixing cable and installing cable and that kind of good stuff but yeah. i did that to afford my wife an opportunity to build her empire sure you know what i mean so Dude. It, it, it's a it's a cool it, it was an and, and now and <laughs> now it, it affords <laughs> now that my wife is super successful yeah it affords uh, me the opportunity to build mine yeah yes you know yeah. so it, it, it it's a partnership. It's a partnership, yeah. and sometimes people don't get that. Whenever right. they get really locked into like really defined, you do this, you do this. This yeah. is how it's always been. It, and you end up with one person doing what they want and the other person being miserable. Right. You know what I mean? So I wasn't miserable doing what I was doing. I, you know, I worked my straight jobs and had my forty hours or sixty hours a lot of the times, yeah. and it allowed her to build what she wanted out of a career and then she got then she literally gave me the go sign and went okay now it's your turn mm-hmm. nice you know what i mean so i i have no problems i tell people this all the time yeah. i don't make as much money as my wife does right because my, my wife had all the opportunity to build her thing and now she said go and build yours now so mm-hmm. my, i'm still in the process of building mine creating yours you know yeah. cre- creating my thing whatever it is it my empire as right as it is but it's a it's a team effort you know awesome and i think i think y'all were kind of the same way yeah oh absolutely yeah i mean i worked and she went to college and the first year that everybody has their version of that yeah yeah and the first year he was in real estate i worked and he did real estate yeah and the first year real estate probably you know rent whenever i got into real estate yeah Yeah, the, the first year like just coming into it it's he had to make a name for himself and he didn't start at the beginning of the year. He started more in, like, February, but really yeah. April. Took a couple months after that. And yeah. then when he finally got rolling, I, you know, I'd helped him out a couple of times. Nothing and, happens overnight. Yeah. yeah. And then while I was student teaching, I mean, I literally couldn't work. So I was working 40 hours a week for free. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, I mean, he had to help out. Like, and not help out. He had to take care of me. But so. I'm happy to do it yeah. because I want to take care of her. That's yeah. part of... Like being and then in a relationship, the worst part know? of all that, I'm going through student teaching, and I, we know that when I'm done, I'm not gonna teach. Right. <laughs> so, but he understood. Like I, I have to have that degree. I'm not. Right. I'm not walking away. Like you I'm, can't give up. Yeah, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm getting it. And so he did it all, knowing that in the end, that part of it was fruitless. Like there wasn't. But now that I'm doing this, it's not necessarily fruitless. I learned a lot from that college degree. Right. But oh, it shows your, your dedication and your de- determination to still follow through. You can commit and that, to something. I mean, yeah. is enough. Even for me, my degree hasn't helped me. For sure. Really, in the scheme of things, it really hasn't helped me at all. Right. But just, I, I mean, I know that I have that. I set out to do something, and even though I changed my major 
two times. Yeah. I still followed through and I, I finished with it. Um, right. The, the biggest thing that I've learned with working in any professional environment is the first thing someone, the first criticism someone will give uh, an employee or something like that is they don't ever finish what they start. Mm-hmm. That, that's always the biggest criticism. It's always the first one I've ever heard is, oh, I don't know, that person never finishes anything they set out to do or accomplish. Yeah. You know, we've had people in our lives that, you know, they want to make these huge big life changes and decisions, but they've had about eight train wrecks, right. you know, flaming crashes of sure. things that were big decisions they wanted to make up to that point where eventually everyone had lost faith in them. Absolutely. You know, so I have my own opinions about college, but people who, if you start it, finish it. Yep. Yes, because that's going to sure. mean a lot more to people than as a person who, hey, you started a really hard process and you finished it. That's true. This is coming from a guy who started college and didn't finish it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? So you're, yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> I try, interesting. That's one of the things I try to instill in our kids is you don't quit. Like, yeah. don't quit. Right. If they say, hey, prime example, uh, Jade wanted to take ballet. I put her in ballet. She hated it. Oh. And she's like, after a couple months, she's like, I want to quit. And I said, no, you're going to finish the year. And she couldn't understand why. Yeah. And it's because you made a commitment. You're going to follow through. You're going to finish. Now, after That's the right. year... You and don't we're ever all going to sit back. through your eight-hour performance. We're not going to complain about it. And we're going to and and act like we loved it at the end. We're going to be flowers. We're yeah. going to be whole I mean, she looked adorable, but you, <laughs> have, awesome. you have one child. It's it's actually like a three-hour performance, but you have one child, really? and they're always like the eight. last one. So you yeah. have to sit no, through the entire three-hour thing, and your child's the last one to go on. Yeah. Yeah, and... Not not to say that anyone who isn't following their musical dream or artistic dream isn't happy with what they do. I have a theory. Maybe you guys help me flesh this out. For I sure. think there is a a upward slope of how crappy a job is versus how much money it pays yeah. as to how happy that person will be doing that job. Okay. Like say for instance, if you were a septic tank cleaner, but yep. you made Three hundred k a year cleaning septic tanks. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure you would be the happiest septic tank cleaner <laughs> ever. Yeah. That's true. Okay, I see your point. You yeah. always wear a hazmat suit. I'm, just I'm, I'm using crappy. You, you know, never say very, no. Just say how much. I, you know, so exactly. even if you don't want to do it, if there's a I, if, price tag, then you're willing to said, accept. Hey, we'll pay you three hundred k a year to clean septic tanks. Absolutely, I'd, I'd be up on the internet researching the latest ways to clean septic tanks. <laughs> I would be passionate about septic cl- tank cleaning. Sure. Is, is, does that seem reasonable? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But I also think there's a level of how little something will pay versus just how ex- just how awesome it is. True. You yep. know, because let's be, let's be frank. Disney World was one of my favorite jobs ever, and I was barely compensated. I could I ate ramen noodles for a living. Like, yeah, it was just I'm a musician in a Lake job. Charles, Louisiana. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not I'm not breaking in. I mean, it, it's maybe the hundred air I am today. Nice. Really. You know? <laughs> you know, but I, I also have my, my part time church job that it still affords me to be creative musically, but it's not you know, I'm not awesome. uh, you know, selling out stadiums or Yet. anything like that. That's gonna happen. But sometimes it that to say it can also come down to your personal quality of life and what you need because True. I mean you could just as easily go get an electrical job an electrician's job sure. with his certifications and things like that but at the end of the day we know that's just not an option like you right. there are some of us who 
have passions and things that we really love yeah, and that yeah, we're yeah. good at. And some of us just have to lean into that because right. we have no other option. Yeah. Um, mentally, we have no other option. Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, the hard thing for me was having too many passions, I think. I needed to control all that. Like, and you know, how, do you nar- how do you narrow it down? Too many interests. Too many, like, mm-hmm. yeah, how do you narrow it down? How do you pick the passion that is going to either be personally m- most satis- you know, satisfactory or most financially beneficial right. that's a tough one man and i've yeah. had to make that decision i've i've got a rule of thumb yeah if you have multiple interests pick the most expensive one and the cheapest one and just do those two yeah because if you can't afford to do the expensive one you can always do the cheap one true and if you have the money you can do the expensive one yeah because i have a Good lot point. of friends who have a lot of different things and i ask my you know ask him like i've got a hundred different interests <laughs> exactly yeah i've got yeah. my expensive hobby which is my studio and, and stuff like that. Right. My cheap hobby. job too. Yeah, and job. But I have my cheap hobby, which is my typewriter collection and fixing yeah. up old typewriters, which is essentially the cheapest thing that I can do. But, hey, I can either do one or the other. So there's there's a rule of thumb for all the listeners out there. Yeah, dude, and I love ours. We have a typewriter from from Justin that he refurbished for us. It was a. Uh, 1970s Italian uh, mm-hmm. typewriter. Underwood Olymp- uh, Olympia, yeah. And Underwood Olympia. Oh, and, oh uh, Underwood Olivetti, yeah. Okay. It's a cool uh, machine. Dude, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's And I need a new ribbon in it, actually, because I really want to, like, I have so many ideas. That's another passion. You know, it's another thing. Mm-hmm. I want to write before, you know, it's a bucket list. Before I, mean, I die, I want to have a novel out there. The you know? fascination on our kid's face oh when they gosh. walked in and they're like, oh my God, wow. what is this thing? So <laughs> like, that's called a typewriter oh you mean like a computer no no, no you it's like just... a computer but worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's okay hey i've got 13 of them in my house right now do you really yeah. nice they you were refurbished all of them? That... working on it oh okay yeah right first like half of them cool. you could press a key they, they were like oh you press this key and you watch the hand go up and then there's a letter there and mm-hmm. i'm like yeah that's it. I'm that, surprised that's you're amazed by this. You do know that we like learned how to type on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your problem? Right. Yeah. And guess what, kids? That's all it does. Yes, it, it doesn't yeah. do anything else. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, okay, right, whatever. So yeah. <laughs> Where's the iPad? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm over it already. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, one of the things we touched on was like changing careers and stuff like that. I think. Um, you had said, you know, there were, um, to have lots of failures, um, but like to me, having lots of failures wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing though. Like to me having failure, and I don't know if that, that's, that's not the way you meant it, but, um, to me, my failures almost like, I'm not going to use them to define me, but they have grown me in so many ways that like, I don't look at the time they were failures. But I think my perspective changed over time, and I realized that it was just the next chapter. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a failure, and I learned so much from each of these things. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't know, I think it's important to carry on what we've learned, even if it's not what we ultimately go into. But we can always learn from those things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, just just an idea, something yeah, that was in my head. Fa- failure is a means to the future, and that sounds really, like, I totally. think, no, cliche. Totally. No, I'm almost glad about my failures. Yes, I mean, our, our failures failures make you grow. You see it on yeah. Facebook all the time. I roll my eyes every time. I hate those kinds of sayings. <laughs> I really do. Pseudo-psychological <laughs> yeah, hipster meme. Yeah, so strange. Yeah. Right? But uh, they, it, it really is whenever you're looking back at all of the times that you 
didn't do something the right way right. or you just totally tanked on an idea that you had or a concept, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those were just the means to where you're at now. Yeah. And that's still progressing. That's still growing. My work isn't what it was three years ago. It's definitely not what it was you know, eight years ago. Right. Um, and it's not what it, my work now isn't going to be what it'll be next year. Every year, you know, you're, you're changing, you're learning from even mm -hmm. not necessarily the big mistakes, which people like to yeah. uh, dwell on. It's a lot of the like little small decision-making that isn't even necessarily a mistake. It's just, yeah. Matt, maybe could have done that a little better. I should have said it that way. I should have said, said it that you know, way. Some, yeah. I should have had this yeah. small detail in my contract, not not like it's not always these huge epiphanies of right. failure sometimes right. it's like these really small decisions that we learn the most from too yeah it's being mindful and mm -hmm. and being uh you, you knowing that i'm not perfect and i'm and it's okay to constantly you know uh we don't have parents that are like telling us what to do anymore you know so like <laughs> it's you kind of have to be your own parent to like you know hey you, you know, i could have said it differently and done something differently. I think that's important. But I think all those things are, are based around good ideas. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there are some failures that are failures. And yeah. you, you do not learn from them because you should have learned your lesson before you did it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go open a mom-and-pop grocery store next to Walmart. Right. That's just a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. And if you fail doing that, you completely deserve that failure. A failure twice is a choice, I think. Yeah. And the yeah. first failure was taking the dumb idea. <laughs> now, writing a, a, writing a contract to protect yourself mm -hmm. from, you know, vultures out there in, in the world of business, that's a smart idea. But forgetting For to sure. put the one clause in it, that's just right. a... Yeah. A, 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 a roadblock, you know, right. a, a misstep. You know? Cultures or just circumstances of life in general. Yeah. You know, you yeah. you learn from all all of those. For sure, for sure. Um, what are some of your? I guess if we want to pull it back to real estate um, and kind of maybe talk about photography and real estate and kind of bring it back to that audience for a second. Because, uh, dude, this is the way my podcast works. <laughs> I will talk about one thing, and then I want to jump all the way on the other side of the planet, and we'll go talk about it. that for a I second. Because that's literally <laughs> how my brain works, and that's yeah. how I balance everything. And it, and it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, w before we started the podcast, we were talking about um, real estate and how you, you, know, you shoot real estate photography mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so you see a, and probably have a lot of good advice for people who are about to sell their home, about to get it maybe photographed, uh, what what would you say to those people? I mean, are there are there some tips that you could give us? First off, the the most important tip is to contact Josh Floyd, the realtor. <laughs> <laughs> we bought our house from Josh. We did. Oh, yes. We yes. are so proud. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll, but, uh, I'll pay you that 20 later. Don't oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really need it, man. I got you, bro. All right. That's what So I, I've done homes for about four years, yeah. almost four years. Um, I've seen every manner of home from dilapidated and abandoned to multi-million dollar homes in Lake Charles and, and Lafayette especially. Yeah. I would say that uh, 
probably the biggest tip I can give is to declutter, declutter, declutter. Amen to that. Yes. Put your trash away. Put Put your your junk away. away. But not not even just trash. The clutter makes the room look smaller. And for people like me with anxiety, if I walk in your house to look at it, and no matter how beautiful it is, if it's cluttered, I don't mm-hmm. want, I can't see yeah. myself living there. Yeah. It gives me anxiety. Which, like, when I'm talking to a seller, I don't use clutter. I don't use that word because no, that's that, kind of yeah. negative. Yes, it is so, very, what I would prefer to say is like, let's, uh, well, I don't know. What should I say? What, what, do, you, what do you think I, would be I would say that? maybe let's. Let's free up some of this space so that when potential buyers are looking through your photos or they're doing a walkthrough, they want to be able to have the ability to picture their own things in the house. And that's really difficult to do, uh, especially whenever you're looking at our HDR photos. Right. So those are pulling in literally every detail. So I actually, HDR, I was going to ask the same oh, nice. question. Thank okay. you. The way I shoot my real estate listings is uh-huh. it's a bracketed exposure set, which means that we're doing three different exposures for every photo that we take for every room. Okay. Uh, that is basically, I guess, a dark, a medium, and a light exposure. Okay. The reason why we do that is because if you walk in a room there are many light sources. There's a lot going on. There's some dark areas, things mm-hmm. like that. Having the three, having three different exposures is going to give you every bit of information that you need to composite the best photo that oh, you can get. Cool. Okay. So, it's, so you it's layer why, those three on top yes. of each other. Oh, it's awesome. why whenever you are looking at real estate photos and they just look spectacular, you can completely see the view through the window. Sure. But also, you you know, your your kitchen isn't super dark. So if you were to take a photo of a kitchen, mm-hmm. just one photo, and you knew you wanted to see the backyard view from the massive window over the sink, right. you can't technically get that with one photo because your, in, your interior would be way too dark, but mm-hmm. you'd get your exterior view. So the three exposures kind of pulls in all of these different pieces of information so that your stainless steel appliances look incredible. You've got your outside view from the window. Yeah. Um, lights and shadows are are, are uh, distributed evenly. It, it just makes for a really spectacular view of a room, and that uh, that is really beneficial. But if you have a lot of stuff going on in your images, all of that is going to be super prevalent, and yeah. people subconsciously will just immediately gravitate to those things that they can relate to. If you're looking at a picture of a room you've never seen before and you see a soap bottle, a Dawn blue soap bottle on the kitchen sink, that's what your brain recognizes. So you're just immediately going to go and focus on that, which doesn't seem yeah. like a big idea, like a big problem. And you don't want them looking at the that, dish soap if they're here to them, sell the house. <laughs> yes, you want them looking at that incredible outside view. Sure, yeah. You want them to feel like when, even though they're looking at a photo on a screen that they could easily picture their their own self standing in that kitchen or that incredible master bathroom things, yeah. things like that so that's uh basically what hdr images gotcha. do for real estate photography it's why, uh, that's why they look people so good. will always gravitate to a listing that has professional photos over an iphone photo and oh, i know that iphones are 
their, their yeah. cameras are increasingly improving quality, right. but it's still, it's never going to be a professional level photo. Dude, I use, I mean, it, there's some maybe uh, lower dollar investor property, stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't get, but I mean, 99% of the time, I feel like it is such a necessity like you right. said people are going to look at the good pictures and then they're going to look even if the other house might it could be better but if it's pictures you know are mm-hmm. awful if they're dark if uh oh my gosh I, my favorite and i don't remember who it is i could tell you if, even if i wanted to uh is the out the window of the car and you see yeah. the rear view mirror of the car yeah. in the picture like you couldn't even get out of your car for this you know yeah, you but couldn't even put your phone on HDR mode. How much that. thought you just put into, you know, there's mm-hmm. a whole almost science behind like why we you why you're doing what mm-hmm. you're doing. It just it's night and day as far as value is concerned. And, and I'm always, you know, try to be mindful about the value that we're providing for our clients, you know. And that's a huge part of it. It is. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you as a a buyer's agent that's a completely different world than it was 10 years ago because everything is so marketing prevalent. I mean, sure. it's, it's crucial. It, it's yeah. crucial to your career and your success. It's crucial for your seller's success right. in listing their home. You know, you really want to have just the best that you can get to sell your home as fast as possible Absolutely. for the best price that they can get. In this market, uh, yes. especially in right now, uh, where it's flooded with new construction, uh, you know, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love those also. But if you're trying to sell your home, what I tell people is you have to stand on a taller box with a louder bullhorn. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, you put your absolute best foot forward and you scream it from the mountaintops on every platform yeah. that you can find you because to, that's what sells your home. You have now. to set yourself. You have to set your listing apart. You really, really you do. You really do. That's right. Well, that's awesome. Dude, these are good conversations. I'm so glad we had you guys today. This is fun. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, talk to the old Yay, ball and finally. Chairs. I was wondering yeah. when we were going to get to <laughs> <laughs> You're up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, um, it, thank you for coming again. I love you. You're awesome. Last minute. <laughs> as so glad you're as, here. As, oh, thanks. Last minute, I, I come home. He's leaving. He's like, hey, you want to come to my podcast? And I was like... Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> that's well, what we do. Yeah, that's, that's what we do yeah. as wives. Dude, for yeah, sure. And we appreciate that. Yeah, just follow us and do what we ask. It's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> um. and it's like that, it's that ride or die. <laughs> right? Yeah, but right. He, he said that yesterday, and I was like, no, but I'm, I'm the ride or die that has dishonor. questions. Like, yeah, I just have questions yeah. first. Like, questions. Where are we going? Yes. Will Can there we be get food? food? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are getting food after this, by the way. Why do we have to die? Like, can't we just talk about this? Like, can we talk about it? We can't can't sell this piece. Okay, well, let's change this. Ride and be slightly uncomfortable. Okay, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So um, we kind of touched on the fact that you had made, uh, recently made a career change. Yes. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of maybe talk about what brought you to that decision, where you were before. Um, you, you can talk about how awesome I am if you want. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to feed you, whatever. But uh, Okay. So, um, yeah, no, tell us about yourself. Tell, like, you know, tell Southwest Louisiana and all of our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself. Okay. So... I did recently make a career change in a way, kind of. Um, in 2000 and 
10, I started working for Calcasieu Parish School Board as a para, which is an aide um, for special education. And at that time, I loved my job and I loved my kids, so I decided I was going to go back to college to be a teacher. So I did. I started college and I went back to be a teacher, but throughout my time and on and off I would be in the schools out of the schools I would work for the schools I would not work you know it's college you take jobs that work around your college schedule so that was um at one point I worked for McNeese and then I went back and started substituting and doing stuff in and out of the schools but over the course of a four-year college degree I started to see a lot of stuff in the school system that I could no longer continue in the direction that our school system is going. For sure, yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff happening, and I think that parents should pay very close attention to what's happening, and I I will just leave that there. But um, at some point, I sat down, and, you know, they say teachers, it's never about the money. It's never about how much money you make. But... At some point you sit down and you look at it and you realize that in our situation, if my husband were to pass away, I would not be able to pay my bills. Right. I have a child. I have two stepchildren that even in the event if something happens to Josh, I still want to be able to help them. And I couldn't. Mm. And that is a daunting. It's when you kind of wake up. And you realize that you're going to this job every day. Things are happening that you have absolutely no control over. Teachers are not treated the way that they should be treated. They are absolutely not respected. And that goes on all levels. That's parents. That's kids. And I hate to say it, but it's our school board. For sure. And a lot of the administration actually has their teachers' backs. Some of them do not. And I'm saying this and on (laughs) – this is live. People are going to hear this. A lot of – A lot of the administration will have their teachers back. Some of them do not, and that's a very sad situation. But, guys, if y'all hear this, respect your teachers. For sure. They put so much work. You have no clue. It is not a seven-to-three job. I had no idea the state of things. You know, uh, being outside of that world, I I had been blissfully unaware of just how bad it had gotten. Ignorance is bliss. And it kind of is. Which is maybe why parents don't understand they don't they have get so upset about certain things uh, what's actually what's actually going on yeah behind the scenes what all you're investing yeah and so about a year ago I decided that while I still have a heart for our education system and my husband knows this uh, eventually I will probably run for school board Hey. And we need I, good people in it, man. I, I love our teachers, and I will be an advocate for them, and I will stand up and say, hey, respect them, you know, all of this stuff. But I decided about a year ago that I couldn't do it anymore. And what so, was your uh, aha moment? Did you have, like, a particular moment that you want to discuss, or was there a, like, I did kind have of a... an aha moment, but I can't really discuss can't that. <laughs> okay. um, there was a very um, <clears throat> aggressive aha moment. That came flying across the room at me, and Gosh. that's where I'm gonna drop that conversation. Um, so I I had talked to a lender several years ago about possibly getting into lending because I was watching what my husband did, and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, I can't do that. Mm-mm. I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. It's not for everybody. No. Mm-hmm. However, I am one of these people who is incredibly organized. I love 
helping people. I like teaching people how to do things. And so I started looking at lending. It is one of those jobs where I get to sit down and talk to people about what they want the same way Josh does. What do you want? Okay, you want to, you want to buy this house. Let's get you there. Yeah. And I get to sit down with them, and I get to tell them how they can do that. And I get to work the numbers, which I like that. I love the paperwork. I like talking to people. One of the biggest parts of my job is building relationships and getting to know people. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I started, and so far I um, was official in November, I and I love my job. I love it. That's great. And, and I love talking to people. Oh, and I love her. my company. Yeah. Like, they are phenomenal. I work for USA Lending, and they bring something to our market that nobody else does. Um they we do co-branded marketing with our realtors which is phenomenal it's uh it's a way for them to get their names out there and it's a way for us to help them with that and our company itself holds a lot of knowledge on marketing and it's it's phenomenal so that's incredible love it yeah it if helps you help when enough you... people get what they want then you get what you want you yeah. know what i mean and it helps when you like your company that you're yes. working for. And I love, shout out to Jeff. <laughs> Jeff I love, Fitzer? I love Jeff Fitzer and Sean Dude Curley. is a marketing genius. Oh like He's all about it. Yeah, Very, awesome. uh, and Haley. Passionate. Hi, Haley. <laughs> Haley Vincent? Yeah. What's up, girl? <laughs> but I, I love them, and it's... Um, they're these people, at any point in time, I can pick up my phone and call them and be like, what do I do? And... That that's it. They're there to help, and they, they're it's it's an awesome company. I love my company. I got to spend a week in St. Louis with them last week. Phenomenal people. Like I was at my corporate office. I loved it. They have a printing press in the corporate what? office. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's some of the marketing that we do. It's print marketing for our realtors. Mm-hmm. So we there's a printing press there, and wow. I got to see it. Nice. That's like great. it was it was really cool. Well, Josh was super sad while you. I know. Oh my god, that was the worst guy. week ever. I <laughs> to come over and eat my world famous chicken wings. I did. I was given great hospitality by the market. Kids had fun. Hey, I'm gonna be honest. And we had some I... great beer that night. Do you remember that? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, what, that what Brooklyn Brewery. Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, we went there in New York. And I made we some, did. Yeah. I made, I made some spicy wings, bro. I'm a little jealous. Those wings are so eating. good. By the way, just not to plug, and you don't, you don't, you don't sell your wings, but Justin Martindale should sell his wings because <laughs> they're the best wings that you've ever had in your, your whole life. So at some point we're doing a food Maybe truck we or something. Like we have to. We have to bring this to the masses. And you can do your wings. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, uh, yes. Done. Done. <laughs> that is such a good idea. I Way to go. Good oh ideas. my gosh. <laughs> I was Nobody plugging an open house before I, I even knew about it. That's oh great. You're hired. If you're willing to oh, do it, yeah, you're hired. Do it. Oh, Absolutely. All right, cool. <laughs> and I'll get you a play too. You know, that'll be a twofer. Twofer. Nice. A twofer. That'll be fun. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm excited and I, I'm excited about meeting people. That was like, I, I remember texting and I don't remember who it was, but I sent the text message and I said, I actually got to sit down today and have lunch with an adult. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, those are good days. Yeah. Are I was days. like, I got to sit down. No, but like, and I got to eat for longer than 20 minutes. If y'all don't realize that, your kids get a 20 minute lunch. Not one thing was thrown at you the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Wait, at school, they get a 20 minute lunch? 20 minute lunch. I don't yeah. know about Jeff Davis, but Calcasieu, they get a 20 minute lunch. Well, to and be the fair, teachers... I eat dinner every night standing up over the sink. You just eat standing up fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Marine crying. style. Just 
grub and go. I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Did you find it difficult explaining to people or just, did you feel like you had to justify your career change? Good question. Um, in all honesty, I kind of didn't say anything for a long time because mm-hmm. um, I made this decision. And then I met a woman in August who I absolutely adored and did not want to have to explain that to her. So I kind of <laughs> didn't say anything for a while. Mm-hmm. But I finally broke the ice and someone asked me the other day, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I told her I work with USA Lending. And she said, what happened? And I, yeah. I was honest. I said... I cannot go in the direction that the school board has decided to go, and the state of Louisiana in general, I can't go in that direction with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And her response was, I have no argument for that. <laughs> and she's not a teacher. However, she is a teacher who teaches people to be teachers. She's a professor. Okay, okay. yeah. And so she was one of my it professors. It took me a minute to follow that. I was like, teach. <laughs> I guess I could have yeah, just yeah. said that flat my out. She, eyes was, she was one of my professors, <laughs> okay. actually, yeah. at McNeese, and they're you know, and they don't they don't sugarcoat a lot of it. They're pretty honest with teachers like coming in, and the average lifespan for a good teacher right now is around seven years. So this is a degree that you are getting. You spend, you know, $50,000 getting your degree four years in college, and they're telling you that most likely you're only going to work seven years because you get fed up and you walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really disheartening. So, yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't go down that path. Yeah. And, I'm proud of you. And, yeah, and you reach a point when your heart's not it. I loved my kids. And Josh knows I love my kids. Mm-hmm. I loved them so much. But you reach a point where your heart is not there anymore. Yeah. You have to walk away. And you have to know when to walk away because the ones who don't know when to walk away are the ones who become bad teachers. Yes. And I think we all have memories of the teachers who genuinely just 100% passionate. They hadn't lost their passion. They were... Absolutely. Those are the ones you remember and and are so grateful for later on. And a lot of times they were the younger ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they were the older ones who were were just so content with... The career that they had chosen, but there, there. I mean, I just have specific memories, and I can, I can remember being in high school and even middle school and thinking, "You don't need to be doing yeah. this," and yeah. that, that's really you disheartening. Do not look because happy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and as a student, I, I still remember. You know, I remember what the what feeling that felt like, mm-hmm. and now as a parent with a, a child who has just started kindergarten and a, another child who will be starting school in two years. That, that's a really disheartening thing as a parent to know that they will be going into the system and, and they may not have a very passionate, or they may have a teacher who's lost her passion or yeah. she has no drive and, and you almost don't even know if you should blame the teacher. Uh, you know, there's so I many factors. Matter. Yeah. If they gave... You can't go into too many details. No, but I would not blame the teacher. Now there are Mm -hmm. there are some people who are just bad teachers who really they don't need to be a teacher. There's people in every industry that just probably shouldn't be doing what they're doing. For the most part, when they lose their passion, they it's it's not their fault. Right, it has been dragged from them. And that's really that's really sad. Mm -hmm. That's a really sad thing. And I still like I told him I'm still gonna volunteer. Yeah, I um I went and volunteered at Christmas for one of the classes. I love the kids. I love them. What I was gonna say, the positive, you know, thing to take away from this uh, is that 
Well, there's a couple of things. She she changed the circumstances she wasn't happy with. I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. But she saw something that was fundamentally flawed and is uh, very it is being it's very unfair. A lot of the, a lot of the things that are being implemented are incredibly unfair. But she got out of it with the idea that she's still very passionate about it mm-hmm. and is going to change it back. You know, from yeah. uh, any way that she's able to. And part of that is maybe just getting the word out on stuff like this at first. You know, mm-hmm. but like she said, eventually being maybe a school board member or something like that because. We can't just complain about things. Right. We can't just say, well, then I'm, I'm out. You know Especially what I mean? Because then parent. nothing changes. Nothing gets better. Mm-hmm. There's so many times when I can look on Facebook and see a political argument and go, nah, this right. is, I'm just out. I just don't want to talk about it. But I think it's especially younger people who are, are – we're, we're more and more okay with, like, it's okay to, not, to disagree. And it's mm-hmm. okay to, like, say, hey, this is flawed. And let's get involved and let's be a part of making it better. And you know, let's talk about it if nothing ground. else. There Absolutely. has to be some common mm-hmm. ground that exists sure. between people of varying opinions. It's of just course. a matter of allowing yourself and, you know, allowing yourself to be open to finding that common ground. Because right. it's, at the co- it's that common ground that you can start to break down or whittle away why this person believes a certain way and and ultimately it could just be a life experience that has them feeling that way you know right. you, you never know why someone feels passionately about yeah. what they're passionate don't about whether create it's their politics story in your mind before you've or, heard it you know exactly. you don't know these people you exactly. know so yeah. come at them from a sense of compassion I think and i think that go a long way i think that part of the passion that i have is the relationships with people so and being a teacher i that was one of the things I was able to do. I had relationships with parents, with coworkers, with students. And so I, that's part of the reason I like my job now is I get to keep up those relationships. Mm-hmm. I get to build more relationships. And I I love that. I'm an introvert, but also an extrovert. Like, I love people. I like talking to them and hearing about their lives. But at night, I kind of want to go cuddle up on my couch and like release from the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have some you silence. gotta decompress. I think that's it. You describe a lot of people. That's yeah. that's most everyone. Yeah. We all like our alone time. Yeah, all, yeah. yeah. But the you have to get out the being world. an introvert and a performer. Yeah. I'm, I'm deeply introverted. People but, do yeah. not know that but about you. People yeah. don't know that about me because I'm on stage <clears> and I do things like this. But right. those things, it's controlled exposure. Mm-hmm. I control how much. I expose myself. Well, that's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be a better way to say be, that. Gotta be a better way to say that. You should not be exposing yourself. Well, I, I don't You're do gonna that end up anymore. In trouble. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was great money, but, you know. Oh dark, dark times. Dark times. <laughs> but I, I control how much uh, I allow people in. Mm-hmm. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's, there's a lot of people who do what I do who, like, whenever we're in public, we're, like, sticking to the walls. Like, we mm-hmm. don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be looked at. And... No one say my name or I might start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I fight that. I try to, you know, I guess I have maybe a natural inclination to, you know, to just talk to the people I know and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I re- you have to fight it. And so, like, when I go to events and stuff, I try to start by, you know, uh, it'd be, it's easy to go and just hang with a click. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm in Fusion 5, Young Professional Network. Emily is a new member, what, which what? it's awesome. I'm excited. Plug in Fusion 5. But, um... If I just go and hang with my Fusion Five peeps, then I'm not spread. You know, I'm not spreading the good news of Josh at all. <laughs> the good news of Josh. Oh my God. New T-shirt I idea, dude. <laughs> the good news. I need to be out there. I need to be, you know, making, 
relationships. Like you said, I think that's a good way to put it. And we see, need to be I'm out there making weirdo. relationships. I'm going to find the one person in the room that doesn't know me, and I'm going to talk to them. Oh, I'm not And then all. I'm going to leave, and they're going to be like, who was this oh weirdo that just came up and had a 30-minute conversation? What it was a good happened? conversation. Oh I think that's one no, of the reasons I'm most excited about Fusion 5, because yeah. I think one thing people don't really know about my career is how isolating it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really out net you know i don't sure we don't have work friends we don't have work friends there's this whole level of community that we miss out on when you're self-employed especially in the arts because Mm -hmm. you're you're hustling you're working from home right uh you're wrangling children if you have those those things (laughs) (laughs) uh there's and and then you really my at least for me my only connection with the outside world was was meeting clients Mm -hmm. and that's a really difficult way to be I think because you don't not you know networking aside that I don't yeah that's a a footnote to me at this point right Uh, and I hope that didn't sound cocky but you know to to be able to be around like-minded people that I did not have that I don't have that yeah. Um, which is why I joined one like one of the main reasons I joined Fusion Five. I don't have people to talk about yeah. business or just people ask me random things that don't have anything to do with my work. You know, it's just like right. my life or what brought me here and yeah. all those kind of things. I don't have an opportunity for normal conversations with people. So that's mm-hmm. that's why I'm super excited that I. After a year yeah. of saying, "Hey, Josh, I'm gonna join Fusion Five <laughs> any day now." I yeah. Finally, <laughs> one of my 2019 goals was, "I, th- I think I'm gonna join Fusion Five. Nice. And then I saw your post, and so I'm. I'm so glad you did. I, I yeah. think I haven't talked to uh, one really one person that like got into it and was like, "Nah, I didn't really get anything out of it." Some people stop doing it because they become too busy. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, if they were honest, they probably got some good relationships yeah. out of it and got some, you know. Good quality networking, if nothing else. And I think that we are who we surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I um, started changing who I surrounded myself with along with my own mentality, I noticed a a great increase in in me, but also Mm -hmm. in business. And like it's it's not it's not just about business, you know, like we really we do care about each other, you know, it's like, I don't know if that's kind of savvy, but we do, we really care about it. And I want success for, for everyone. Um, but yeah, no, it's an awesome group. And I, th- I think that, you know, regardless of where you're at professionally that, and I mean, geographically, um, is go find that, go find that young professional network that's in your area and, and increase that. And it's, you'll see a rise in business, but you'll also see a rise in just good old fashioned friendships, which we all right. need, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, so I digress. Um, Guys, I guess we're pretty much at the end of our podcast at this point. Uh, Thank you so much, literally, for joining us. You guys are some of my best friends, uh, Justin and Emily. We we love you a lot. He's saying that because you feed him when I'm gone. And your wings are so good. They're so good. If we can end on something uh, great. (laughs) We're doing Indian food next. Oh, Oh, you are 
speaking yeah. my language right there you now. Go. That's awesome. That sounds good. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on the Awesome Real Estate Show podcast. Again, my name is Joshua Floyd. I'm with Coldwell Banker, Ingle Safari Realty. I'm a super realtor, always here to answer any questions that you might have at 337-263-5954. Or feel free to hit me up on my email at jfloyd at inglesafari.com. And right before we end, I wanted to give you guys one more chance. If they need to hit you up for any reason, Emily, we'll start with you. How do they get in touch with you for your photographic skills? All right. So you guys can reach me on my personal Facebook page, Emily Rose Martindale, or you can email me at mmgsessions at gmail.com. You can also view a lot of my most recent work on Instagram at Martindale Media Group. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks and for having me. <laughs> dude, thank you so much for being here. Um, and your work is inspirational, and we thank love you, you guys. I appreciate uh, it. Justin, if they're interested in booking a musician, or, you know, how do we get in touch with you, man? Typewriter. I'm not sure. I smoke no, signal. Uh, <laughs> the band Facebook fa page is facebook.com slash JM and the BS. Okay. That's <laughs> exactly how it sounds. <laughs> uh, if you want to just email me, it's justinmartindalebooking at gmail.com. I picked the longest email address I possibly could. And then you can check iTunes, Spotify, Google Play for any music. Just type in Justin Martindale and the Backstabbers. And there it is. Please, awesome. Please, please check out that Dude, single, music. that cover he's releasing today. It'll be yeah, on so it'll be out by the time you. So you can go to my YouTube page, which I, I don't just search my name. Yeah, Justin Martindale on YouTube. For my yeah. YouTube. Or find the link on Facebook. It's a Springsteen cover, and you don't want to miss out on it. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing it, man. Uh, Bree, if they need to get in touch with you for lending. Uh, if they're looking to buy a home and they need money to do so, how do they get in touch with you? Okay, my email is bfloyd at usalendingcorp.com, or they can hit me up on Facebook. It's just Brianna Floyd. Or my cell phone is 337-936-6139. Awesome. Again, guys, thank you so much. Everybody have a blessed day. I'm fresh out of the game. I'm, I'm showing them houses. My clients tell me I'm great. I'm in the business of homes. I might get what you want. Show me that pre approval. We're gonna.